Welcome back to another episode of Accounting for Us. My name is Ozo Namadim. I'm the second vice president for the Napa Metro DC chapter. Today, I am joined by Crystal Cook. She is Director of Diversity and Inclusion at the AICPA and a former uh, Napa Metro DC board member. Uh, if we had a hall of honor, she would be in it. Uh, and <laughs> I will actually let her introduce herself. So Crystal, thank you for joining me and thank you for joining us. Um, and I'll, with that, I'll pass it over. Well, thank you very much for having me. And, and first and foremost, I have to acknowledge the the Mr. Frank K. Ross, Outstanding NABA Member of the Year, before I get into anything and acknowledge, congratulations, well-deserved. Um, have to give you that shout out first. Awesome. Thank but, you um, so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, so yes, I am the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at the AICPA, um, or association as, we, association, as we call it, cause we, since we merged with SEMA. Um, but I, um, I am a, have a long history in the accounting profession. Um, it's a, my, my track is actually a little unique in that I, I didn't take the normal route that most people in the accounting profession take, but um, it, I, I started out out of school in internal audit, and then I, uh, I, I transitioned over to um, public accounting that way, um, and then uh, made my path over to the Center for Audit Quality, which is a related org of the AICPA. And then, I've, so I've been with the AICPA now since I think um, yesterday was my exact four months there. Um, I joined at a time when this country <laughs> is going through a lot with COVID and all these other issues going on in the world today. So it's been in a very exciting first four months. Um, my team there. And I, we work on promoting diversity and inclusion in the accounting profession. So we do that by focusing on ethnic minorities, um, gender, and we also have a focus on LGBTQ. But we have a bunch of um, efforts and projects that we work on to promote diversity in those spaces. And so um, we also have, I don't know if anyone has heard of it, but we have committees at the AICPA who support our efforts. And so in our diversity and inclusion group, we have a national commission of diversity and inclusion, which has members from the accounting profession on there to help support and guide our efforts. Um, we also have a women's initiative executive committee, also again, representatives from the accounting profession who support us. And then we have an LGBTQ group that we are working on getting more formalized right now and having a more prominent space with our work. And again, it will be composed of people from the profession. So. These are kind of the diversity issues that we face or, and focus on and try to help advance it through our lens as well. So it's kind uh, of a high level summary of what we do over there. Awesome. <laughs> like you sound extremely busy and I like thank you for leading the effort. It sounds like the AICPA has got you busy. Um, how big is your team by chance? There are five of us. Okay. Yes. That sounds like a lot so of work have, for people. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's, well, we have, um, I have one person who, um, her name is Florence Holland, which she works a lot with NABA. So people probably know her, but she focuses on pipeline initiatives, which is, um, students, educators, programs to support those areas. Um, we do a lot of work with HBCUs. She's in that space. 
Um, we have someone dedicated, Shelly Frazier is dedicated to our women's initiative. She does all the work with those to support women, programs to uplift them and promote them and provide a resource to help them advance. And then there is um, Juliana Sanchez. She focuses on our LGBTQ efforts as well as she's like our jack of all trades. She does a bunch of different things in, the, in our team. And then there's Bridget Holly, who is also on my team. And she is, we call her the, uh, she's, she's a project manager analyst type on our team and she pretty much can do anything. And so she wow. supports us all in all of our different efforts. And so um, that's my team. And so wow. we report up to the, um, we are in the, it's called the public practice group, um, which is led by Sue Coffee, And um, that's all the work that we do to support firms. So I'm in the particular firm services group. And so it's a service that we provide for firms is helping them incorporate DNI. So Awesome. And so thank you for that. I think that that was really enlightening. Um, because it just, it sounds like the effort is really being led by some phenomenal women. So thank you again. It's like a team of yes. all women as I, <laughs> as, as I wrote the names down. You noticed like, that, huh? <laughs> yes. Um, I did. Um, so I, you know who else, uh, like where else women are leading? They're leading NABA uh, <laughs> around and 60, 60%. Uh, I oversee the, the membership number. So I see, uh, I, I look at the, the membership roster frequently and, and our current makeup is about 60% women. And uh, that pretty much goes to support and validate that number as well. Um, so um, transitioning over to NABA, I know you're a, life t uh, a long time member. So what, could you just talk to us about your NABA story? How did you end up connected? Um, and how NABA kind of has impacted your career from your perspective? Absolutely. So um, I was a, so going, going all the way back to college, <laughs> I, I played, <laughs> which seems forever ago, I was um, an athlete in college and I played basketball. And so my coach at the time told me that that was my life and I had no time for anything else. So I did not, I did not have the, the pleasure of joining NABA in college. So um, I did not get engaged with them until my first job, which I, I mentioned I was an internal audit. Well, I was at a, a bank in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is, it's Fifth Third Bank is with what the um, bank was called. And um, I, we were also had efforts to help and diversify the accounting department there because it was, I think I was the only one in the accounting department at that time. And so um, there was an HR guy there who was like, you know, we need to go recruit. Can you join me at NABA? That's an organization where, you know, I was like, yeah, I know what NABA is, but he's like, <laughs> can you join me there to help get some, you know, diverse candidates in? And so that year the, the convention was in um, Washington, D.C. And so I went with him and I'm sorry, it wasn't in Washington, D.C. It was in, um, is that where it was? Maybe it was. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. We can um, we can make it be Washington D.C. since uh, <laughs> the, the convention is coming back up, so it's full circle this year. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. And so I was with him, and I was, you know, talking, and I was like, you know, we were supposed to be um, recruiting for my 
you know, the, the company at the time, but we had a booth next to KPMG. And at that booth, you know, you know, after you're at a career fair, you just get to talking to people and going on and on. And, and you know, I explained what I did. And the guy was like, are you, may, are you maybe interested in, in our job? And, you, you know, you sound like you have a great, you know, background, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay. So unbeknownst to the HR guy that I was there with, NABA helped me get into the, into the uh, public accounting profession. And so within like a couple of weeks, um, I, uh, while I was in town, actually, I went down to KPMG and interviewed. And then um, soon after I got back into back to Ohio, a, a couple weeks later, I, I got an offer letter in the mail. So it was it was, had come to a point anyway in my career where internal audit was great, but it was a little too slow for me. Um, at our bank, we happened to look at the same areas all the time, the same risky areas, and did, there wasn't much variety. So it kind of fell in my lap at the right time. And so NABA, basically, I, I attribute NABA to my experience, um, my experience that I got at KPMG. And actually, once I got to the DC area, I felt like I had a responsibility to give back to NABA for what NABA gave to me. And so I, that was when I joined the local NABA chapter and I, I started being in all of, you know, all the, the seats that I had, you mentioned earlier. And I just started meeting people and meeting people and, you know, NABA has seemed to like infiltrated all throughout my life. And I say that because <laughs> after I, um, you know, after I, I went, you know, was at KPMG for a while, and then I moved on to the Center for Audit Quality, um, which was where I was the last 12 years, I started working with um, uh, the AICPA has a, you know, the diversity group that I'm in now, I started working a lot with them through our efforts, because we were both kind of focusing on diversity, and it just made sense to partner. And so when my predecessor who is Kim Drungo, um, she moved on to a, to be a chief diversity officer at an, um, I think an insurance company. And, you know, I'm, I know, you know, NABA's motto, lifting as you climb. She went on to bigger and greater, greater things. And she reached back, grabbed me and pulled me up and said, you should be to take it. You should be in this seat that I'm in. You should try and go for it. And I was like, wasn't even thinking about it. I mean, I had started thinking about next steps in my career, but mm -hmm. hadn't really nailed and pinned down what I wanted to do. And so she embodied that NABA motto. She worked a lot with NABA. And I was like, you know what? I do need to do this. And so she kind of pushed me a little bit, which was the nudge that I needed because I love this position. And so, um, so she worked through she she did that and that helped me and I think and so now I feel like I have to pay it forward and do the same thing to somebody else and so I just embodied that that motto works in so many things yes absolutely <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely resonated in my life and and the other thing is when all those years while I was at KPMG and I was working on the um on the on the NABA board and doing all these things I met so many people through the Eastern region and going to all the meetings. And one of those people was Walter, right? The, the president and CEO of NABA right now. And so I got very familiar with Walter. I knew Walter when Walter was just a regular member like the rest of us. <laughs> and so now he is the president. Like what kind of connection is that? Right. I just had a call with Walter the other day and like that is the connections and 
resources and network that you can build through NAVA. And I just, you know, it's, it all comes around, you know? And so it's just, like I said, it's impacted my career tremendously. Um, I think Walter even um, highlighted me in, in the NABA, one of the articles about, you know, my new mm-hmm. job and gave me, you know, now I'm doing a blog with you and so, <laughs> or a, a podcast with you. <laughs> yes. So if that's not advancing your career, I don't know what is. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you. Like, just thank you. You are totally an inspiration to all of us um, as we like try to live up to NABA's motto of lifting as we climb. I think um, you you and your example um, with Kim Drungo and, um, and, and just like your perspective is like fully appreciated uh, for the fact that like we're all consistently trying to live up to that motto of lifting as we climb. I think that to some degree we all are like we owe some service to the community to help continue to uplift us all so absolutely we have to look out for each other exactly what it I guess what advice other than lifting as we climb uh, what advice would you give younger members on how to get uh get the most out of NABA and in their affiliations with the organization um I think you have to Use the use the networking opportunities that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of it is about you know you know what you know in your grades and things like that. But a lot of it is about who you know. You never know who you might run into at a at a event or at a at you know what opportunity might open up that you might be able to pursue just based on who you know and who you've been working with or you know that kind of thing. But always keep meeting people that mm-hmm. it's very important to expand your network of people and and I'll also take that a step further and say you kind of have to get comfortable being uncomfortable um you're going to have to put yourself in situations that might not necessarily feel like there it's like a it takes you out of your comfort zone right some mm-hmm. people don't like having to speak to people they don't know. Um, some people are uncomfortable sometimes being the only one in the room. But as an African-American, you are in, a, in this profession, you will be the one in many rooms, <laughs> the only one in many rooms, for a, and at least for a little while. I know we're changing that. You might be two of you now. But, I mean, we're trying to keep moving that along, and we're working on that. That's my part of my job is at the ASEPA. But, um, but once you can get past that, many doors will open up for you. And, um, and I think the other thing is you have to fight for yourself. In this world, you have to be your own cheerleader. If you aren't supporting who you are and lifting yourself up, no one else will. You have to lead by example and promote yourself and put yourself in those situations where you can be seen, where you can be heard, um, where you can, you know, some people say they, they don't want to brag about themselves. You need to brag about yourself. <laughs> yes. You need to let people hear all the good things that you can do. And um, you can do that through these different opportunities that NABA has for all of their students, for their members. They put you in the right room. I've met just the other day, I was, um, we are doing some things at, at the association and we needed some resources. And the first thing that popped in my head, who at NABA can I use for this? 
You know what I mean? So it's like, I need to find, you know, that's, that's just my thinking because I know how many great resources there are there, diverse resources, and that's just a network that I have that I need to leverage. And so you never know whose mind you might be in from who, you know, from that you've met at an ABBA event or something like that. So you have to maximize those opportunities. Absolutely. One thing you said, and you mentioned it briefly in your introduction as well, was being the only one. Oftentimes, like we'll have members who are the only one. And like you said, maybe there's two now. I think the the <laughs> most recent AICPA trends report said that there are 2% uh, Black CPAs. So we're making progress. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I did want to know if if mentorship played a big role in like helping you get through being the only one and how did, how did mentorship help advance you and develop you throughout your career? Oh gosh, definitely mentorship has helped me. Um, and, and again, many of my mentors have come through NABA (laughs) and I don't have just, I don't have just one mentor. Like I have several. And I know we talked about, um, uh, Kimberly Ellison Taylor earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, she's actually the vice chair on our, um, national diversity of commissioning or national commission of diversity and inclusion. And I just told her the other day, I was like, you don't know this, but you've been my mentor for a while. Like, yes. <laughs> like there, people cannot even realize that they're being your mentor, like, because they're always giving you advice. They're always, you know, they're there for you to throw things off of. It doesn't have to be like an official relationship, mm-hmm. but it's people who you can go to in a situation and provide support. Um, you can bounce things off of. Um, my, some of my mentors are, are my same age, my, my, my friends, my colleagues who I've heard are all, we're all going through this together and we all have advice to offer each other. And so, um, I've gone to, um, even going to like NABA conventions and going to some of the workshops, you can, those people who speak during those workshops have turned into mentors because they are providing guidance, um, on different aspects of the career. They've all been through it. Um, so it's, it's, you need to leverage those, that knowledge, that wisdom mm-hmm. on how to navigate those paths. And so I, I definitely would not have been able to get through this on my own. I mean, I don't think anyone can. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, and that's why we have um, diversity and inclusion initiatives. That's why we, that's the whole reason for NABA's existence, right? So um, exactly. we could all do this together. Um, I guess the next question for uh, that I have for you is what what tactical advice would you give to early career professionals uh, regarding personal branding and how to position themselves for long term success? I think earlier you mentioned, you know, being comfortable, um, being uncomfortable and promoting yourself. Um, Do you have any other advice that you would be or that you would give? Yeah, those those are probably I didn't realize I was answering two questions in one, but <laughs> no. I, I actually that was actually the um that's probably the the same advice that I would give. Um and 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 to the point about um being the the only one and that, that kinda goes in this this the, in line with the being comfortable being be comfortable being uncomfortable, um, because eventually it won't feel uncomfortable. I mean, it's 
yes, there's going to be cultural differences, and yes, you're going to have to take a little longer to explain things, and there, but you can be the catalyst for change, and that's what motivates me is because you can change minds, you can change perceptions, you can educate, and so it's like you're, you're, you're one, building your career because you're, you're going to have to be in these spaces to progress. It's just how it is. But then as you're going along also, you could be helping improve the mindsets of others who maybe don't have the opportunity to engage with as many blacks or African-American people. And this gives them the opportunity to do so and learn and how to navigate those spaces going forward. And you're kind of leaving your footprint as you, as you go up. And so um, those are kind of, yeah, those are the things that have helped me along my way anyway. Yeah, no, that's absolutely amazing and i'm sorry i i was asking that question and then i realized that like we did kind of touch on it earlier uh i think (laughs) it's all right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. it's always good to reiterate (laughs) exactly um so there's a book called the flinch uh i don't know if you've heard of it uh it's it's by julian smith and and it's it's essentially like this theory that right before you get it's a challenge to take like a cold shower each day for 30 days right and if Mm -hmm. you if you are conditioned to think that this cold shower is going to be so horrible so you're like flinching up and you just get nervous but at the end of the day it's only cold water Uh, (laughs) so it's just like (laughs) there are so many things that are worse than cold water and once you overcome the flinch of like getting uncomfortable in that cold water, you can attack so many other things throughout your life just by um, overcoming that one flinch because it conditions you to get outside of your comfort zone. So um, that, w- that was just like a book that I read that I remember um, the reference on like getting comfortable and uncomfortable. So uh, that yeah. goes to all those things that, that you were saying. Uh, I think- Absolutely. Uh, another thing, I know you're early in your, your role, but could you speak to us, or, or, or newly transitioned into your role? You mentioned you're about four months in, uh, but yes. could you tell us a little bit about uh, your vision for your team and how you, how you would like to impact the profession um, leveraging your role? Um, sure, absolutely. Um, so I kind of mentioned how we, we focus on ethnic minorities, gender, and LGBTQ, but some of the more specific activities that we have is, you know, we help, we have a whole, you know, our membership is, you know, full of firms of all sizes. And so a lot of the times I spend, uh, I particularly spend my time um, helping these smaller firms develop diversity and inclusion programs. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, given all that's going on in the society now, people are having a heightened focus on how important DNI is in the workplace and how we need to do implement programs and procedures to combat racism in our companies and so and in our firms. So I've been actually I this these last couple of weeks I've had so many meetings set up to meet with smaller firms and just to give them resources and guidance on how do we incorporate the diversity and inclusion where program, where do we start? I mean, what is, you know, what are the resources that we have that we can help them do that? So we have toolkits, we have maturity models um, that helps you implement a program. It assesses where you are. 
and then it takes you um, it gives you a report out of what your what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and we consult and provide guidance on how to make those programs um, better. Um, everyone can do more, and so we kind of consult around that. So that's been a big part of what we do, and we um, work with the larger firms like the big fours who, you know, they have a lot of resources. A lot of them have their own resource centers, so they definitely mm -hmm. don't need our resources. <laughs> but we work with them to, you know, come together and how do we, how can we do better in the area of retention advancement of your ethnic minorities? Like what's, what's missing? How can we come together? We also work with the Center for Accounting education at Howard University to come up with, you know, how can we help with retention, you know, to the point of, you know, we're hearing that a lot of, you know, C-suites are lacking diversity. What can we do from our side to help keep those professionals in the profession so that we can change that dynamic? And right. so we do some work on that. Um, I think I, I talked about how we, you know, we have efforts to help increase the pipeline of ethnic minorities enrolling in and graduating from accounting programs. You mentioned the trend study that the AICPA put out. Our, our recent study is showing that our numbers for black and African-American are very stagnant and, and going back for a while. And so how do we change those numbers of people enrolling in and graduating from universities with, and getting their CPA exam? And in the numbers along the career pipeline, as, as you mentioned, from going all the way to partner, they drop off even more. So it's, it's working to find ways to combat those things and how can we move the needle on those things. And we also work with professionals. We provide, you know, how do we increase credentialing? Um, how do we make sure that our conferences that we put on are more diverse? Mm -hmm. We help, we provide, you know, speakers for people. If you want diverse speakers, we can help do that. Um, we make sure that we also try and provide training. We have a symposium that we put on that we're trying to make it more impactful to professionals to give them diversity education and helping them, you know, provide volunteer opportunities where they can help advance their careers, you know, getting involved and getting, getting in these different spaces and environments where you can learn more and add to your resume and help build them up. And so yeah. um, those are some of the highlights of the things that we're, we're kind of doing, but, um, Oh, and we have a new thing I forgot to mention this year where it's, you know, the, the CPA exam is evolving. Mm -hmm. um, it has to incorporate more technology and it has to, you know, more data analytics, things like that are going to be incorporated into the exam. And unfortunately, some of our institutions that don't have enough resources are going to need help in that space. They're going to need help with education around that. Um, and so we want to kind of look into what we can do to be in that space to help those institutions. Um, we also want, you know, given the environment now and how everything is, a lot of unconscious biases seems to be the buzzword now. Mm -hmm. So we are thinking, you know, a lot of us didn't even talk about unconscious bias or get unconscious bias training until we were professionals. So we're thinking, how can we ingrade this into curriculum in colleges? What can we do to work with professors to maybe spend a day talking about unconscious biases or maybe we help them have seminars that walk through what this is, how to recognize it, because we all have unconscious biases. So right. it's how do you check those and put them aside and move on beyond them. And you have to first, you know, 
realize what's going on. And we think maybe it's helpful to start that at the college level versus waiting until it's, you're in the work world already. So those are a few things that we have, a few tiny things <laughs> that we have on our plate for, <laughs> wow. for moving forward. But that's kind of where we try to target our work. Yeah, you say tiny, those things sound <laughs> monumental. Uh, we, again, appreciate all of your work. This is um, <laughs> It is amazing to just see like so much change or um, potential for change and impact coming from the AICPA and like just being led by you. So thank you. Um, and I know we've been working with NABA thinking through uh, the CPA evolution. I, uh, we've been like subscribed yeah. and getting like all the notifications about the changes. So we've been thinking mm -hmm. about how to address our, uh, adjust our programming to really, really meet the needs of the members at this time. And like data analytics seems like one of the technical um, yep. aspects that we really need to like help support our members in growing and developing. Um, I know several other associations are really pushing that through the profession too. Um, so that is- Absolutely. Yep. absolutely important um so switching over a little bit i kind of want to transition to talk more about crystal less about the association um okay. so what moment uh <laughs> could you tell us a, a little bit about uh a lesson that you've learned uh throughout your career that you wish you would have learned sooner A lesson that I learned that I wish I would have learned sooner. Um, and it can be anything. I, um. I think, um, I think I would have, this kind of, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, mm -hmm. but <laughs> um, I, it kind of goes back to the being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it feels like for me a little bit, when you have that, when you get in a situation where you're a little bit nervous about it or you're a little bit uncomfortable and you're like, I'm not really sure about this. And then you shy away from it and you don't do it. Those type of things are the, the situations that propel you forward. Those are the kind of a situations where you learn something that you didn't know before and it puts you in a position to grow. And so I would probably have told myself, don't shy away from those experiences. Woman up and go through them anyway because you're going to learn something more than you probably realize you're going to learn. And so I, I can count many of times where I was so nervous and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that or no, I'm not going to get up in front of that group and speak because it terrifies me. But then now this job I'm in now, that's all I'm doing is talking to people. <laughs> so it's like, it, it was preparing me for a career that I didn't even know I was going to have. And so I think it's use all those opportunities where it may feel like it's a little bit nerve wracking for you to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, embrace it and realize that you're learning some, a new skill or a new trait or that you can probably use. Um, you have no idea what's in store for you down the road. The other thing I would tell myself is you think you know what you want, but you don't <laughs> <laughs> like you think you have your path laid out, but God has the only one is the only one who knows what your path is. And so embrace what comes your way and take it 
And even if it may seem different than what you planned, it, you never know where it's going to take you. So just be open to it. You know, don't say, con, consider the opportunity before you say no. Um, and so All right. I think those are. I will take that with me. Uh, <laughs> I am <laughs> very much learning the getting uncomfortable. Uh, I find myself uh, having to really check myself. Sometimes I earlier this week, I had a presentation at work on uh, a technical mm-hmm. subject. And, you know, the natural disposition was to, uh, well, maybe I only need to present one or slide or two slides or however. Um, but I really, really, really appreciate that because I had to man up and get it together. Uh, but it, it turned out well. So good, thank you for that. Good, and good. I appreciate that. And uh, usually it does, right? We just <laughs> right, it really ourselves does. out. <laughs> it is a very much a psychological barrier. And it's not yes. like we <laughs> as a people should be more confident. Um, exactly. Our counterparts are also very confident walking into the room. Exactly. So exactly. take up space is uh, mm-hmm. another <laughs> thing for our members to know as well. Um, I guess I have two more questions and then I any last words from you. But one thing, I know we talked about the evolution, but is there anything else that you think that our members should really be preparing themselves for as the profession changes. Um, We have a specific focus. I know right now, like you said, unconscious bias is is a buzzword uh, amongst the profession and amongst everyone right now. Um, So what industry changes do you see on the horizon that our members should be preparing themselves for? Um, Well, two weeks ago, I would have answered this differently. (laughs) (laughs) But I think now, given all that's going on in society around racism, I think, yeah, I think it's opening our, our white counterparts' eyes, and they are coming to us, and they are asking us, how can we make change? What can we do in this space? And I think we need to be ready to respond. This is our opportunity. This is our chance where we can provide impact, provide thoughts, provide guidance. Um, I know some people, like I said before, may not be ready to do that. And that's totally fine too. Um, and, and you may need to take some time to heal because all this is very emotionally exhausting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be the first to say that. But I think we have a great opportunity here and we should maximize it. And they want to hear from us and they want to see change um, at least most people that I've talked to <laughs> and that I've been engaging with, and they're very open, they're very interested. So I think this is, it's going to be, it's, it's almost like it's going to be a part of our job responsibilities now um, to kind of help move this along. And we should be holding our companies accountable. Um, and we should be trying to make sure that they don't forget, like this is going on right now, but we need to make sure that you don't forget this is important way, was way important way before this, and it's going to be important way after it. Exactly. And so we need to make sure that they maximize all the talking that they're doing um, and putting it into action. And so I've taken on that responsibility with my organization, um, as, as well, along with many others that are in there. And I think that's part of what, you know, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to be prepared for now. 
Awesome. You know, uh, one thing you mentioned, you said uh, it's almost like a job responsibility or it's like it's almost like one of our job responsibilities now. Um, I think even before this, uh, as people of color, specifically black people um, and black professionals, the conversation has been like, you know, you have to some degree, most of us have felt like a representation for the the. Absolutely. community anyway uh, so it's it's in it's been embedded and inherent part of our job responsibilities I think now it's becoming more explicit and, and like oh well I actually do need to reach out to diverse communities to understand like what are those specific challenges and what barriers right. there are um, so if anyone in the membership or anyone listening to this podcast does not have an answer for what an like if like what can we do uh, i would encourage you to read one an article written by crystal cook uh, it was in the sema uh in the sema blog it's also on the aicpa's blog and then another one is a tangible uh, a 12-step plan by kimberly ellison taylor it's in the journal of accountancy so very much check those out, read, and educate our, we must educate ourselves in order to educate other people. So continue to, to learn and understand like what those barriers are um, so that we can speak to them and, and provide really quality insight to our counterparts. Um, Crystal, what, I, uh, speaking of reading, <laughs> what is the best <laughs> book you've read this year? Okay, so... 2020 has kind of hit me like a wrecking ball, so I haven't really (laughs) (laughs) had a lot of reading opportunities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, However, uh, the last book that I read, it it, it was, which I loved, um, was, um, and I'm afraid, I I feel like this book has been out forever, so I'm embarrassed to say that this is the last book that I read, but Mm -hmm. Michelle Obama's Becoming was the last book that I read, which I loved. Hey, it's a great Um, book. (laughs) It is. It is. And um, lots of nuggets of things that I have taken from that book. But um, but I will say that most recently, and, it, and it's not, it's, it's probably, I don't know if it's my favorite book, but it's been very instrumental in my life. And it's called The Making of a King, Transforming Boys into Men. Mm. And it's very, um, it's by Jeffrey A. Johnson Sr. He's a He's a pastor. Um, he came, I'm a member of First Baptist Church of Glen Arden um, mm-hmm. here in um, Maryland. It's in Upper Marlboro. Well, it's technically in Glen Arden, Maryland, but the location of the church is in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And the pastor is John K. Jenkins Sr. And mm-hmm. he has a lot of guest preachers come in. And this gentleman came in one time and he was preaching on different things. And he has like four boys and he talks about how he had to raise them to be kings and he provides guidance around that and so as of late and i I hate to bring up (laughs) the issue but as of late with all of the things going on in society around racism and myself having two young boys who are 11 and 9 i've been thinking how do i raise these boys to be great members of society and how do i make sure that they are making an impact and contributing to this place and despite all that stuff's going on and Adam, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm having to consider having these talks about race and all this kind of thing. I'm just kind of needing some 
some good spiritual reading to ground myself. Yes. <laughs> so um, I've, I've, this is a book that I've been reading and it's, it goes into different, you know, aspects of, you know, of course it brings in the Bible because he's a pastor, but right. it's, it basically goes into, you know, using God's word to remind us that boys can be Kings, no matter what abs- obstacles life may bring them. And so it's, it's kind of been my little book that I've been reading to help me kind of get through this and how do I raise them in this world that we're living in right now so that they can still come out kings on the other side. So that's kind oh, of what I've been That is reading. amazing. Those are two great. I'm one, I'm absolutely adding that to my book and uh, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm the making of a king turning boys uh turning boys and transforming boys transforming into men. Boys yep. into men. Awesome. It's a little book. It's not a huge book. It's an easy read, but okay. awesome. I've, I bought it at church a while ago. Again, life is so busy. And I was like, ah, why have I not read this? I could probably read it in like two hours, if that. Yeah. Like, it's not that long. And um, so I've been picking it up and reading it. And I mean, I'll, you could probably reread it. You know, it's one of those things where you have to get it ingrained into your head on how to do it. But yeah, I think but, yeah. I definitely agree with you that this moment is definitely calling for a lot of spiritual grounding and helping us Mm -hmm. like to really recharge and stay um, fired up. Uh, I know uh, that's one of Walter's favorite quotes. I love, uh, I love hearing that every time I go to NABA, it's like, let's stay fired up. Um, And (laughs) this is the time for us to really do that. And so um, I appreciate you and I appreciate your time today. I think, is there anything, are there any last words that you would like to offer up to our members, to anyone listening to this um, before we wrap up? Um, I don't, I think, I think I've, you know, be, I've put in (laughs) all my words throughout today's Q and a, but I I do appreciate you giving me this opportunity, um, this platform and to, to connect with everyone. And, um, it's just been great, and it's, it's been great meeting you and re-engaging back with the local chapter. I know I've kind of strayed a little bit due to my life life obligations and kids and everything else, but I do try to get back out and support every once in a while, but I do appreciate you all, and I'm happy to help. Um, like I said, we got to lift if we climb, so I'm happy to help in any way that I can um, with the chapter. So Awesome. And we thank you. Uh, totally understand on the commitment. You're changing the world here, okay? And you're oh, raising two young kings. So, like, you have your hands full. Um, but we appreciate all the time that you've given and um, and all the insight. Because now, imagine like who you've just touched, just listening to this podcast. So, this is very much an impact that will be felt going forward. Again, I appreciate you and for our listeners stay tuned subscribe to the podcast and follow us on all major social media platforms at napa metro dc thanks